when my wife Emily and I were ready to have children, we were prepared. We were in our 30s, had finished school, were gainfully employed, and owned a house. It was going to be just perfect. We had intentionally moved to a state where laws protect the non-biological same-sex parent. We carefully chose the anonymous donor who looked a little like me. We charted Emily's ovulation. This was law, this was science, this was perfect. Then there were the months of poor timing, horrible morning sickness that would never end, something scary on an ultrasound I still can't explain to you, and gestational diabetes. On top of all that, we were at the hospital for so long that the nurses started having private discussions with one another over Emily's pregnant belly, as if we were not there. Shouldn't we have done a C-section by now? No, that's last year's protocol. After three days, Ian finally arrived. He was beautiful. But Ian had, had lost oxygen in the lengthy delivery and came into the world blue. NICU rushed in and helped him. I went with Ian to his oxygen test and he got an all clear. I looked around, realized Ian was mine, and picked him up. It was an unseasonably warm spring all was well, and then we came home. Emily developed a serious infection, and I secretly wondered what I would do if, with this baby if she didn't make it. I'd always dreamed of having children, but when it became real, I had no idea how to handle it. What does a second mom do? I sat up waiting while Emily nursed overnight because I felt guilty. It took me three years of suffering and silence and shame to develop an identity. By then, Emily had given birth to Graham. He came into the world breech at 29 weeks, weighing three pounds and three ounces. But it was different this time. I knew who I was. Still, Emily was cheated of her pregnancy. Ian was not allowed to see his brother per hospital rules. And I pretended it was all okay as I went from work to hospital to daycare to home and back again for six weeks. Meanwhile, Emily and Ian suffered in sadness, unable to comfort each other or be comforted by me. Graham came home and there was more chaos, more dogs, more jobs, more school for Emily, some reptiles, mental and physical health struggles, the death of a parent, and impending puberty. For the past 13 years, it has been a complete and total disaster. And that is perfectly imperfect. For most of my life, I've tried to create order out of chaos. I've always been convinced that if I could fix things, all would be fine. And I believed if I tried hard enough, I could actually do it. What I'm learning in midlife is that life is messy. It's designed that way. It's not a defect. Everything and everyone is broken, and there is nothing to fix, not one thing at all, not even me. Come, let us worship.